Welcome to Gross Point Blank. I am Josh Gross, joining you on The Athletic as we do every week and wherever you catch podcasts, Apple Podcasts and everywhere else. Thank you for uh, taking the time to listen. It is a big fight week in mixed martial arts. The UFC has two championship fights in Houston, Texas, UFC 247, the next pay-per-view of a string of pay-per-views over the course of 2020. And really, if you look at the calendar, I mean, it's we're not going to get a break for a while. Not that anybody's going to be asking for a break. But between now and the beginning of April, there's a UFC on every weekend. Uh, of course, there are promotions all over the world as well, which, uh, which would be doing big things. Bellator is going to have their cards. But the focus of the mixed martial arts world as we start February, move into the end of winter, out of winter, into spring, uh, will be this big event with two title fights. John Jones returns, defends the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship against Dominic Reyes. And then the Women's Flyweight Championship fight, Valentina Shevchenko taking on Caitlin Chukagian. It's a decent main card, I think, because they stacked it with two title fights. They're... Uh, uh, there was a sense of, especially coming off the Connor fight, which was kind of like an added card, uh, you know, sort of uh, not not on the schedule, but hey, let's put it there and let's let's get the year going strong. Um, now we're really getting into what was the planned UFC schedule and the two title fights uh, plus the three other fights on the pay per view card. I, th- I think makes this a um, an event that you kind of you need to pay attention to. I mean, I kind of feel like I say that every week. Kind of, you know, I don't know if I'm a uh, just a broken record on that sort of stuff. Um, but I don't know how if you follow mixed martial arts and pay attention to the UFC that a fight car with two title fights, including a man that many consider the best fighter, best pure fighter that the Octagon has ever seen in Jones, perhaps the best pure woman fighter we've ever seen in Valentina Shevchenko. Of course, a man in Nunes would have uh, an argument otherwise. Um, these are great, great competitors, uh, perhaps some of the best of the day. You can make a case that Shevchenko has been in the best form we've seen in any mixed martial artist in the UFC at 125 pounds since she ju- jumped up into that weight class. Actually went down to that weight class after losing to Amanda Nunes. So uh, there's lots to pay attention to here. And I think we're going to focus on the two title fights this week uh, and a little bit of the main card. But, you know, I think anytime John Jones fights, right, there's so much that goes along with that. And, and unfortunately, we've seen not enough just focusing on what he does from a competitive standpoint, there's so much about Jones shrouded around Jones, kind of like it comes with the territory, all these transgressions, all these things that we've seen outside of the cage. And really, I mean, if, if you're going to look at the man and understand what kind of fighter he is and what he's meant to mixed martial arts in the UFC, you can't separate the stuff away from the cage from what he's done in it. But I'm going to do my best to do that this show because I, I think it does really... Um, help us to sometimes take a step back and recognize, you know, what kind of competitor we're talking about. Uh, kind of unparalleled things here, right? So he's had 27 pro fights. Um, one official loss on his record, we know, was in 2009 to Matt Hamill. Most of us regard that as a non-loss, but, you know, he doesn't have the O. It's not like it's got to go. He does, It's just not there. It doesn't exist anymore. There's going to be no campaign to, to knock that off his record. And, you know, there's some, there's some rumblings about that sort of stuff. Um, last year, but it's just not going to happen, right? So that that's a reality. He's He's got that loss. And then there's the no contest to Daniel Cormier in 2017. Those two results out of the 27 that he's got on his record, they're the only blemishes. And it's it's hard to take them, you know, it's hard to take them too seriously. Of course, he knocked out Cormier with that head kick, and then there was all the other stuff that went along with it and, and why he lost that belt. But he's never lost a belt inside the cage, 
Think about that, about John Jones. For all the stuff, all the troubles, all the issues that he's had, sort of maintaining his status, never to do with what's going on inside the cage. And that's the test, right? That's the test that Dominic Reyes is going to have to face here on Saturday. Jones is coming off two fights where people, I think, are trying to take issue and find something to criticize with uh, his performance. Uh, The win over Thiago Santos, look, I thought it was fine. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that result. Uh, Santos was hurt early. That guy's incredibly tough, uh, attempted to fight through it. There was a recognition from Jones at a certain point, I think, that, hey, like, there's not a lot that this guy can do to hurt me. I can't get myself in a bad position. I'm just going to fight this out for 25. And he did, right? And then the Anthony, Anthony Smith fight, like, there's nothing to criticize John Jones in that fight. It doesn't matter who you are, what kind of athlete you are, how exciting you are. If you have someone on the other side who really doesn't want to fight, who doesn't show up, who just completely is disengaged. It's hard to look like you're doing anything worthwhile, right? It's hard to look good in a fight when you don't have someone else to fight with. That's just the simple reality of, of what the dynamics of this game is between the competitors. So Anthony Smith really no-showed and Jones was a lot, uh, received a lot of the brunt of the criticism for that. I thought that was unfair as well. Um, But it's not like, the man is not open for criticism. Sure he is. Uh, I just don't think in either of those performances, really, he deserved to get some of the blowback that he got from fans. Because I think he's 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 exceeded to a point as a competitor. And I think you have to agree with this, right? John Jones has exceeded to the point of being a competitor where the expectation game is so high that unless he's knocking out Daniel Cormier with a head kick, that he, oh, he didn't, you know, he took it easy. He coasted. He didn't really do his thing. Uh, he could have done much more. You know, John Jones is unbelievably talented. We know this, right? And so that talent puts the ceiling on the expectation game for him high, high, high above our heads. And sometimes too high, sometimes unfairly. This is a really difficult sport. And there is some brilliance in stepping into a cage and completely neutralizing the person that's facing you. And taking away their best weapons and then using those sorts of weapons against them. There are all sorts of layers to Jones. Jones, uh, I think, can come off as very simple. And Jones can come off as conflicted and screwed up. Uh, But at the same time, I think you have to recognize that this is a man who um, is not so simple. Is layered and textured. And there you see the connection with someone like Greg Jackson, right? So... The people around him are smart fight people and they can speak to John in these ways and get him to think about being innovative. And a lot of that is a natural gift that he possesses with inside himself. Okay. So I'm I'm not saying that Jones' greatness, his approach is only because of the people that are around him. Absolutely not. He's extremely gifted Uh, and not just physically. Just realize the man has special traits when it comes to the fight game. And, And, you know, hearing myself say all that and then thinking about the task in front of Dominic Reyes you know it's like how how can we actually feel like Dominic Reyes has a shot in this fight a lot of people may not right a lot of people may walk into this fight thinking oh it's just another walkover for John Jones it's just another opportunity for John Jones to look great or get a buy with the win retain that title move on to the next thing a lot of people are not going to feel like Dominic Reyes is a real test. And I don't know if that's as much a reflection on Reyes as it is a recognition and acceptance of Jones' dominance and us feeling generally 
like those sorts of things that they're written in stone now, right? Of course, John Jones is going to win. Of course, John Jones is going to win. He always wins, right? It's hard to get away from that. It's hard to get away from, even when you're fighting a guy who's undefeated, who's 6-0 in the UFC, who says all the right things, carries himself the right way, is a competitor, prepared, seems to be extremely serious about his craft. Dominic Reyes, Dominic Reyes seems to have all the tools, and yet no one is really going to feel walking into that fight like, hey, I love Dominic Reyes' chances to beat John Jones. Okay. Notice I didn't say nobody's going to feel like he can win. But there's not, I, I can't imagine there's someone out there other than the Reyes family and the man stepping into the cage and maybe, you know, some of his trainers and people that are closest to him, right? Who have to drink the Kool Aid and be there that feel like he's got a great chance to beat John Jones. I'm just going to take it down a notch from there. I do think that he's got a chance to beat John Jones. And I want us to think about a world. I want us to think about a world where on Sunday morning, Dominic Reyes is the UFC light heavyweight champion and John Jones has lost the fight in the, in the cage and lost the belt in competition. It's a hard thing to do, right? It's a hard thing to sort of wrap your mind around and play with that hypothetical and imagine that and feel that because Jones has been that figure forever, forever. Why wouldn't it continue against Dominic Reyes? I think there's a few reasons why it may not. Uh, I, I think there's a chance that Dominic Reyes could be that guy. You know, it's, it's hard to say until we actually see it happen. And you never want to award someone with that status until they earn it. But it's possible he could be that guy. I see him as more dangerous than Tiago Santos, more dangerous than Anthony Smith, more dangerous than the second Gustafson fight. Um, you know, I'm not going to say he's more dangerous than Daniel Cormier, but I think physically, stylistically, he presents a lot more problems for John Jones than Cormier did. So I look at Dominic Reyes and I'm feeling like there are things working against him in this fight, but there's actually some things working in his favor. And there are some, there are some things that make me feel like Saturday night, Sunday morning, depending where you're watching this fight, we may, we may see a new champion get his hand raised. You know, I make predictions on this show. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I look smart, sometimes I look really stupid. I think that's about as far as I'm going to take it on the prediction of this fight. I'm not I'm not going to pick a winner. I mean, if you have to pick a winner, I think you have to pick John Jones. But I'm just saying, I don't think it's a crazy idea. I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility. And I'm not even talking about like uh, one in a billion. I, I think Dominic Reyes can find a way to win this fight. Physically, he seems to match up with Jones. Height-wise, doesn't have the reach. Fine. But... His movement, his timing, his ability to see and read. All those things are high level. I think his attitude, he's not going to feel at all um, encumbered by the moment. I don't think he's going to feel at all out of his element. I don't think he's going to let Jones get into his head before they step into the cage. And for Dominic Reyes to win, he has to do what he does, does in every fight. He cannot try and change for Jones. He cannot try and react to Jones. He has to make Jones react to him. And he has to find the openings in the space to make what he does works. And it all sounds so simple, right? I'm some guy at a desk just saying these things like it's so simple. Of course it's not. It's incredibly difficult. But he seems to me the kind of fighter, the kind of athlete, 
the kind of competitor mostly, honestly, the kind of competitor with the kind of mental way of processing what he does in there that to me adds up for the potential of something big happening on Saturday night. And so that's why I'm into this card. The idea that something big could happen. I didn't feel that against Tiago Santos. Sorry. Didn't feel that against Anthony Smith. Sorry. I didn't feel that against a lot of the fighters that John Jones was asked to step up and take and defend his title against during his reign, multiple reigns. Okay. I just didn't. Um, with Dominic Reyes, I, I have and I do. And I, I, I just feel like this guy has the has the makeup more than anything. I didn't say tools. He definitely doesn't have the experience, but he has the makeup, the demeanor of someone who would be worthy of stepping up and beating John Jones. That's how I, that's how I see Dominic Reyes. Marks against Reyes in this fight, absolutely experienced. I don't think the UFC has done enough to prepare him for this fight. Uh, you follow me on Twitter, you know, you saw me sort of talking about these things. I don't think that there's enough grooming of Dominic Reyes for him really to be ready for this moment. And that, that would make a victory over Jones even the, even more impressive. But that that's the real sort of crux of my hesitation with going all the way and saying, yeah, I like Dominic Reyes to win this fight. Because I, I just don't think that he's been groomed or prepared well enough. I take very little away from the win over Chris Weidman, except that he's the kind of fighter, Reyes is, that will show up and put fighters away the way that you would hope he would as someone who looks like he might be great, okay? Yeah, he stopped Chris Weidman in a minute 43. Beautiful combination. Wrecked him. Okay. Well, he probably should have done that. And the fact that he did do it, I think, does hold value in terms of, again, what I said, like his demeanor, the way he carries himself. The things that he allows himself to do in a cage. The comfortability of feeling like, hey, I'm the special fighter in here. Okay? And that clash between Jones, who obviously is a special fighter, and the appearance of a special fighter in Dominic Reyes, and the fact that Dominic Reyes has never lost, that enough is for me to get very excited about this contest. You know, and I'm sure I have my own parameters and my own thoughts and like what I feel is worthwhile and what I want to pay attention to and what I don't want to pay attention to. Um, I get that this fight is not going to drive any narratives, really. That this fight is not going to do uh, uh, for the UFC what Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone did, okay? Nor should it. Even though you're talking about likely the best fighter in the game today, taking on someone who is has every intention of taking that title away from John Jones and not even like paying lip service to yeah of course I want to win it's not that it's like he looks like someone who should beat John Jones that's what Dominic Reyes looks like to me we'll see if it happens I'm, I'm excited for it um I think if it does happen a stoppage wouldn't shock me I it sounds crazy right and, and maybe on Sunday morning, Jones uh, is the champion still and exposes Dominic Reyes, and all of this sounds really stupid. But as I'm saying it now, the, it just kind of adds up to me. It just kind of it just kind of adds up. Um, I expect I expect John Jones to be tremendous in this fight, which would be another huge hurdle for Reyes. Right? There, there's no way that John Jones shows up to this fight and is not prepared physically and mentally. Right? 
the way that Reyes has been talking about him, the way that Reyes has sort of been just sort of grabbing that position of like, I'm the guy. There's no way that John Jones, someone's with John Jones sensibilities with his, I mean, he's, he's pretty ruthless dude as a competitor. You know, there's no way that Jones hears that, absorbs that stuff. It doesn't show up in tremendous form, tremendous shape. And that's, that's another reason why I'm excited for this fight, because I feel like the idea of Dominic Reyes should be enough for John Jones to show up at his best, to have prepared fully, to be ready for this contest, to be cognizant of the fact that the guy that he's fighting, maybe, maybe. I don't think he felt that against Tiago Santos. I don't think he felt that against Anthony Smith. But I feel like there's a piece of that in this fight when he looks at Dominic Reyes. And that makes me feel like Jones is going to want to wreck him, teach him a lesson, destroy him. And if under those circumstances, Dominic Reyes finds a way to win this fight, holy smokes. So that's the 247 main event. Um, and I think there's there's reasons to feel excited about that contest. There, there, really, there really are. The co-main event, it's okay if you're not excited for the co-main event. I think it's great to want to see Valentina Shevchenko fight. She is one of the best mixed martial artists in the world right now. I don't know that Caitlin Chukagian is the kind of fighter that's going to engineer a pathway forward against Shevchenko. How does she do it? You know, Caitlin likes to plow ahead, aggressive, tie up, make it a little dirty. Not in a bad way, but just rough things up. She's bigger than Valentina. Maybe her size pays off, but I don't think so. I, I think Valentina moves her way around Chikiki and chops her up, puts a clinic on her, really kind of becomes academic. I'm, I, I don't look at that fight and feel it all the same way that I look at Jones and Reyes. And a lot of that has to do with my impression of Chukagian, who's a fine fighter. She's won two in a row. Decisions, every fight she's had in the UFC has gone the distance, uh, win or loss. She's capable, uh, not going to be put away easy, tough, but that's kind of like the ceiling. There's a much different conversation around Chukagian as a contender than Reyes as a contender. You know, that's 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 how I see it. You know, Valentina has been so good at 125. So, so good. And um, it's hard to imagine her running up against a woman who's going to give her a hard time in that weight class right now. It really is. Um, and I know a lot of us would feel the same way about Jones, but again, I keep trying to get across of this, this feeling, this feeling that I have coming in. One of the bouts I really do have it for one of the bouts I can see, like, and I don't think I'm like stretching my imagination to feel like, wow, John Jones could lose this fight. I'm not feeling that with, with the Shevchenko. I, I would be shocked, absolutely shocked. If Caitlin Chukagian beats Valentina Shevchenko, that is the uh, co-main event in Houston. It's a uh, it's a decent return at the Toyota Center for the UFC. I think the two title fights uh, have their pros and cons and have their merits. Um, the rest of the pay per view portion, okay, it's okay. I think Juan Adams against Justin Taffa, 
you know, what are you going to do? I don't really think much of that uh, fight as a pay-per-view worthy fight. Uh, quite honestly, don't. Um, the featherweight fight between Mirsad Bektic and Dan Ige, I like a lot. Uh, it's the th- Maybe the second best fight in the card. If you don't feel comfortable putting ahead of a title fight, it's the third best fight in the card, I would feel like. Uh, Bektich coming off a tough loss. Really tough loss for him at the point that it came. Uh, this was uh, this was someone who was trying to recover, rebuild back after losing to Darren Elkins. And then Josh Emmett just, you know, really, really stopped him cold. Um, and now taking on Ige, who's won four in a row in the UFC, uh, who's a guy who I think is constantly overlooked. This is a chance to step up with the kind of competitor that he's beaten and has some uh, success against. And Ige's got a good story. I mean, he's if you don't know a lot about him, he's uh, Hawaiian and he's connected to Ali Abdelaziz. He's like involved in his management company, Dominance MMA. He's kind of like living this parallel life as a manager. He manages fighters for Dominance and he's a fighter himself, right? So it's, it's like you live one for a few hours a day. You shut that off. You go to the next thing. And he's a guy that seems to be able to handle a lot. There's not a lot of people who have run into Danny Ige who don't like the guy. There are people inside the UFC who absolutely love him. And he just seems like a good character guy. So if he can go off and win this fight, I think you're talking about someone who's got a lot of people in his corner and could jump up into the contender status pretty quickly here at 145. Bektich, of course, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, it's going to be difficult to put away. And he absolutely needs a win here. So he'll, he'll come in hungry. Uh, and the uh, fifth of the five pay-per-view fights on Saturday, Derek Lewis against Iller Latifi. You know, look, Latifi is moving up to heavyweight. Um, moving from 205 to heavyweight is a difficult transition. Uh, dealing with true heavyweights is no uh, small thing. And it's a terrible pun maybe or whatever, but that's the truth. Um, I think you would expect him to have a speed advantage against Derek Lewis, but that's about it. I don't know that he hits hard enough to hurt Lewis. The speed may make a factor in that. You get hit with speed, that can really do some damage, but I'm not seeing it. I think Derek Lewis finds a way to win. Too big, too strong. He can neutralize Latifi in the fence if he wants to, really lean on him, slow it down. And if he lands some shots, I'm not sure Latifi's got enough to handle the power. So this is a good chance for Derek Lewis in his hometown to really step up and um, and uh, have a good showcase. Uh, I think the rest of the card I'm not going to get too much into. Uh, you can go check it out, check it out, check it out for yourself. Uh, plenty of what I couch as like non Wikipedia fighters, fighters without uh, Wikipedia pages, kind of like talking about the level of the card overall. Um, so you know, I, I get if people aren't so fired up for this, but I do think that those two title fights. Uh, are worth your time. And how are you going to feel if on Saturday night you miss John Jones losing in the cage? Does it, is it to the point now with Jones fights where you like have to tune in just in case he does? I know he's turned off a lot of people over the years. A lot for a variety of reasons. Um, but it's hard to deny how great he is. And when you're talking about that and when you're talking about kind of those conversations around fighters... You know, the chance that they may lose, it's not like he's fighting some 40, 48 to 1 bum. Okay? This isn't this is not a period of dominance that's also being augmented by helpful matchmaking. Now Dominic Grace is getting this a little bit too soon, I think. But who knows? Maybe that's an advantage for him that we we didn't consider. 
Maybe, maybe he doesn't know better. You know, that that's a big piece of it. He doesn't know better. He doesn't know what it's like to lose in a fight. He's never been put away, obviously. That zero carries power with it. It does. And uh, I imagine it's motivational power for Jones as well, right? Tell everybody, shut up. I told you so. How dare you? You know, that, those kinds of things drive John Jones. And uh, so there's the, there's the intrigue for UFC 247 in Houston, Texas. It's a uh, it's a good event. We've got some good uh, good profiles, some good stories up this week on the Athletic. Please check them out. We'll have you covered on the weekend and uh, the analysis as always. Uh, we will be next back next week. Talk about the results. See if I look smart or not. Uh, if I didn't, uh, I'm sure I'll find a way to talk around that. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out moving forward. Thank you, as always, for listening to Gross Point Blank on The Athletic or wherever you listen to podcasts. I am Josh Gross.